Where are we going today? I just got back from Columbia Friday. Wow. I flew out early, early, early Monday morning. Uh, got to have breakfast with Brother Detlef from our congregation at the airport Monday morning. He was flying out to Florida for business. I'm flying out to Columbia for business. God's business, kingdom's business, amen? And uh, we actually, yeah, he flew out a few minutes before I did, so we actually sat together and had breakfast in, in, uh, in the Burger King in the Vancouver International Airport, praise God, because the club or the lounge hadn't opened yet, the crazy Air Canada lounge. Sometimes they open at 4.30, sometimes they open at 6. I used to never know until you get there. It's like, come on, guys. Um, and I fly all around the world. I have all these miles. Let me sit in your lounge. Anyways, um, Columbia, Columbia, that's what I'm going after. Sorry, I'm staring at my notes. <laughs> Columbia was powerful. And um, it's my birth country. I was born there. My parents opened up a missionary base there in the 1964 age or year, so you get an idea how old I am. And my mom was pregnant when they flew up and uh, to open up a base called Loma Linda. To this day, it's now called a town. There's an actual whole town and area called Loma Linda. It's the name my dad gave to the base because um, there was no one there. And it's just amazing what God's done and uh, powerful. Uh, but MPJ, uh, Misiones para Jesus, Missions for Jesus, um, they, and for Hovens, Hovens are young people, their whole thing is raising up missionary young people. And so we had people from Brazil, um, Peru, pastors from Peru, people from Peru, uh, Chile, Argentina, Colombia, Ecuador, all coming, at 150 young people, all coming, finishing a 30-day intensive, uh, raising, equipping, and training, and sending out. And so we had various pastors come as well. Uh, we graduated. We have a, a full-time school, Bible school, going on, and they have a one- and a two-year program. We just graduated uh, our two-year, second-year students down there. Um, it got to be a part of it. It was amazing. So I tell you what, things are happening around the world. And uh, we just want to honor Ed and Carol Barron of New Beginnings Ministry. They opened the door for us uh, to meet MPJ and Pastor Pablo and his wife, Sophie. It's just amazing what God's doing. So exciting. Um, it was a quick trip. Again, flying from Russia a week ago Friday to be here to head off Monday morning to Columbia and I'm back. You think, oh, you had a busy life, a busy week. Well, we had a busy week. It was awesome. It was great. Love it from minus 16 and snowing in Moscow to three, four days later, plus 32 and humid. I don't know how the body deals with it, I'll be honest with you, so, but praise God. Um, a couple more things, you know, I'm going to get into this message and we'll see how far we get today because um, it was a real encounter, but as Jeremy was doing transition, the Lord laid a few more words on my heart. As we were singing that, my trust is without borders song again, and or that, what is it called, oceans? Uh, my trust is without borders, and the song is talking so you can walk on water, but I felt like the Lord lay in my heart that our trust has to be without borders. What do borders do? They stop movement or, or check movement between territories. So a border is one country to another country, there's a border. Um, Walls can be borders. Uh, property lines can be borders. Fences can be borders. 
My trust is without borders. And I felt like the Lord lay on my heart that it was literally between us and other people. That we want to build our trust so we can walk on water, absolutely. But it would be ridiculous not to have such trust in God that he could allow you to walk on water. Like, that's foolishness if you don't have that kind of trust. But trust somebody else before they're trustworthy? So why don't we try trust without borders? In other words, you don't have to justify to me you're trustworthy. I trust you first. You have to justify you're not trustworthy if you want to be that way. Harvest. Oh, so I hang with people that other people don't trust. And they get offended at me. Ministers of the gospel that, that have been restored. And they say, Brent, don't hang around. You're going to lose reputation. You're going to lose this and that. And I'm like, why would I lose reputation? I don't care about your reputation of me. I care about my reputation with God. And if we're not in the lifestyle of restoration, then you need to find Jesus. Because heaven forbid you think someone else isn't being restored. What about your own life? Unless you're good friends with them, you hang with them, you commune with them, and you eat with them, then you're going to have a greater understanding of where they are. But most people quit trusting because of past experiences they haven't yet forgiven. Oh, my goodness. Most people inhibit themselves because they haven't forgiven the past. Because of that, they inhibit themselves with unforgiveness. And if you walk in unforgiveness in any area of your life, you will inhibit the moving of the Holy Spirit there. Because unforgiveness is like speaking, come to me, devil. There is no unforgiveness in the kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of God. Well, what do you mean? What about the devil? Oh, no, no, no. The devil chose his destiny. He has no more option because he lived in the all-knowing presence. Well, can the devil ever be forgiven? You know what? I can't put words in God's mouth, but my Bible doesn't tell me he's ever going to be forgiven. Can anyone on this earth ever be fully forgiven? Absolutely, because my Bible tells me so. Not just that they can be forgiven, but they're called to be forgiven. And if we live with unforgiveness in our own lives of about someone or something else, come on, hit me, devil. I've just opened my door to you. And you know what? I say forget that thought pattern. God, I forgive them. God never has looked back at me and said, well, you know what? They're actually unforgivable people. He's never looked back at me and said that. But a lot of people have come to me. Why do, you, why do you hang with that person? It's going to hurt your ministry. My ministry, what, in man's eyes? Are you kidding me? If I live that, then I don't know true forgiveness. She could have, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I was in Russia, was that a week and a half ago? And um, I felt in my hotel room to go after the supernatural realm deeper again. I sort of stepped back, not the supernatural presence, I love the presence, I hang in that presence, I try to live in that presence as much as I possibly can. 
But I hadn't pushed in for the angelic realm. And I hadn't pushed in because I felt a few, some years ago, I felt like, you know what? Not everybody accepts this angelic realm and I should probably just hold back a little bit, have the encounters and experiences myself. Um, and I thought, you know what? That's only because people don't truly understand about the realm. But the realm is so real, it's more real than you sitting in front of me right now. So why would we not talk about it? And so literally in Russia for this new year, January, I, uh, I pushed in. I, I got on my hands and knees. I got out the word of God. I started soaking in his presence. And I went after that angelic realm again. I said, God, if you have opened my eyes in the year 2000 to see these, these, these things that you have created, why why do I have a fear of man sometimes in talking about it? And I think it's because a lot of people worship the angelic, and that's a real big problem. But a lot of people live in fear of unbelief of them. And so that's a bigger problem, a big problem as well. Worshiping and living in fear of them or unbelief of them is a big problem. We all know if you study your scriptures, do a search on angels and just find. You're going to find out of the 66 books of the Bible, 33 of them have angelic encounters. And they brought messages to many people, they actually changed things within the earth. And so it's really, really important because that was an old covenant. What about new covenant? <laughs> like we actually have the authority through Jesus Christ now. What do we go after? So anyways, I was pushing in. I was pushing in. God, if you want me to start seeing this and speaking a bit about it, I'm good with that. Let's go after this thing. I start pushing in. I start pushing in. And, uh, and so I'm lying in bed. And middle of the night... I wake up because there's a presence in my room. And there's two angels standing at the foot of my bed. Now you could say it was my imagination. And praise God for imagination. Because God created imagination. You just have to make sure your imagination is thinking of God things and not of evil things. Because that imagination in the wrong heaven will take you the wrong direction. <laughs> It'll take you right to hell. And it's thought patterns. But tell you what, how many of us know, if you ever study the dream world, that you can have what seems like a two-day dream in five to ten seconds because your mind is at rest and all the thoughts of this earth are completely done and God can speak to you so fast and empower things so fast. So, anyways, so I, I, I wake up I'm, I, I, and I'm looking and here's these two angels standing stand at the foot of my bed staring at me. I haven't had that encounter for quite a while, especially two. And, uh, oh, did anyone see the, the feather show up today? Oh, it must have been out of someone's feather-filled jacket. Maybe. Maybe. Good example, but either way, it has an impact. Because some poor bird lost its life. Then. No, I'm just kidding. So... <laughs> whatever you want to say. But as we're in worship, Kevin comes running over. Grab a mic, Kevin. I need you to share what you saw. Yeah. Because I'm, I have another message prepared. And I forgot about last week, I think I said, I'm going to tell you about the encounter. I kind of forgot about that. And I had another whole set of notes. And it's actually a really good message. It's impacted me. It impacted my own life this morning, the, not my own notes. And I'm getting revelation on it. But when Kevin walked in after prayer, he walked into my office and he said, are you going to share? I said, share what? Well, you know, the encounter. I said, which, which one? Because we shouldn't just have one. 
And he said, oh, no, about the, the two angels that showed up in Russia. <gasps> and so I came into my service, uh, came into the service, and I said to my wife, please pray on what I should share. I'm either going to go with the, this in my mindset or this encounter in my mindset. I said, please pray. While worship is going, I put the Bible on my chest. I'm praying, Lord, fill my mind with your word. Let, me, let your word come out of my mouth. Uh, uh, it's kind of a ritual I do. You say, a ritual? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good pattern. A what? A habit? Good habit. I go through these different things. It helps me get into the presence. If it worked before, it should keep working until he changes it. But we forget the patterns. Remember, one of the words for New Year's Eve for 2019 was new patterns. Why don't you try it? It'll make you look foolish in the eyes of people that don't believe. Why not next time, next Sunday, why don't you just grab your Bible and worship and put it to your heart and just say, Father, Phil, grab your Bible if you have one. Or your iPad or whatever. It doesn't work as good. It's my real Bible. It works better. It seems like it has more anointing on it. <laughs> Seriously, that's why I do everything out of an iPad because I can't read the Bible unless I put glasses on. But I always have the Bible on the platform with me. It goes with me. And I put it to my heart. So, Lord, today, again, open my heart to your word. And then I'll put it to my mind. Father, let your word purify my mind, a renewed mind. Then I'll put it to my lips. Lord, uh, let your word come from my mouth. And then I kiss it. Ah, that's my ritual. And now you know it. So here's a feather. Whatever it's from. When I see angels, I don't see feather wings. But I see things that could look like a wing, absolutely. But, but you know what? It showed up. Okay, came out of someone's jacket. Whatever, the timing was good. What does it mean? I think Kevin has an understanding of what it means. And so I'm going to leave that feather right there. So I'm praying. Give me wisdom, Lord. What should I preach? I'm giving you testimony and have no time to preach it. Sometimes testimony is the best way to preach. And so I had the Bible in my ritual, and I, uh, I said, okay, Lord, just show me. And the Lord says, lays on my heart, just open your iPad, and the message that pops up first is the one to preach. So I open it, do the little experiment, what props up? Power and authority which are the two angels that came to me in Russia. And as soon as I realized that immediately, Kevin sees something and comes over. And he doesn't know what I told him. I'm not sure if, what I'm going to preach, but he comes over and he tells me this. No, I think this is sweet. This is demonstrating this what God does. Because I'm worshiping Jesus. That's all I was doing. I'm worshiping, going all out, just worshiping Jesus. And all of a sudden, Lord says, you feel that. And I felt the presence. And then he's like, there's an angel. And he's like, look. And I looked, and right away I saw his face. And, it was, and he goes, look at his eye. Look, left eye, look above it. There's a scar. Then he started showing me some other scars. And I'm like, okay, Lord. He's like, that's the angel Brent saw in, 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 in Russia of authority. And I'm like, to be honest, the first time I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's pretty descriptive. So, And he goes, go tell Brent right now. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, okay. And then he's like, no, tell him. It's real. 
Yeah, honestly, this is more for everybody, but it's also each one. It's so cool. God cares about the one, but he also cares about everyone in the room. Because Brent and I just, I walk over and I tell them, and we just get hit by the glory. Because this is what it's about. It's a journey. And me asking him wasn't just because of what's happening now. It was because in my own life, I'm like, it was real. Because that's the question. We, gotta, we have a little feather here. And I'll tell you, I, I'm, a, I'm a, son, a spiritual son to this man. And something from so many years ago, it's been many, many years, like a long time ago we met. And I've shared it before. And the thing that's so cool about Brent is he's willing to look foolish and say, hey, there's something on the ground here. We're live right now. <laughs> to the world. To the world. But he's willing to, and he, like he said, it doesn't matter if that is a, an, an angel feather. It doesn't matter if it's a bird feather. What it did was it brought a, a awareness because he stopped. And he's willing to stop this whole, God's given him a message. And he's willing to say, okay, what are you doing now, God? Because it wasn't, God didn't bring his attention to that just because it's a bird feather or an angel feather. He brought it because he was a reason. But many men and many women of God are not willing to look foolish and say, what's going on? And he's willing to stop a whole meeting for that. And there is actually scripture for this stuff. Absolutely. I just want to confirm what Brent said. Ephesians 1.18. Read it in the Passion. I know there's lots of different, uh, and I love what it just clearly says. I, this is Paul writing to us. Well, I was writing to, to the Ephesians, but this is for a history. He said, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling and his wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. You guys, it's... I was in a rush. He never told me anything about the face of this angel. It's confirmation. There's something about authority. And Brent has a, I know he got the, he has a revelation. I feel like I don't, I'm going to share it out right now. But why there's scars on this angel. And then the power came. I come back and I just saw a light of, a, a literally a spinning lightning bolt. It's the best way I can decide to hit the ground. He says, that's now the power angel here. I didn't get, that's all I saw. We see in part. But, but there's something that happened and I want, yeah, give it to Brian. I'm gonna... Oh, so um, as soon as he said, did the angel of authority that you saw, did it have a scar over his left eye? And I said, you know, I didn't actually focus on his face. And so as he said that, as Kevin said that, I'm like, okay, God, God, take me back into the vision. Take me back into the experience. And instantly I'm back in the vision of what I saw in Russia. And now I could see his face. And actually it's had scars all over his face. And I'm like, what? That's the angel of authority. And the Lord said, yes, because my church has seen power, but they need to see authority. And my church has taken so many swords at the face of this angel of authority. But now is time. A battle-scarred veteran called authority to come back to my church. I said, okay, I know the message, Lord, thank you. From the beginning, God provided man with power and with authority. You look at Adam and Eve, from day one, is the authority. 
It's the authority or power, either one. <laughs> I heard it coming. Oh, it was just feedback. You know, it has not done that since I've been on here. Come on. He is just a bird. I know. Yeah, whatever. From the beginning, God provided man with power and authority. He gave Adam. I'm not going to get through this message today. We'll continue it on next week. But he gave Adam power through his creation. Adam chose to have authority to use his power. What do you mean? How does that work? Well, Adam chose to have a relationship with God because Adam had a free will. When they stepped out of the understanding of the chosen authority is when they both ate of the fruit. They still had power because power is in a gift. But authority is a choice. Just look. Many people think power and authority are the same thing. They're not. You think, many people think that when an evangelist comes, when an evangelist comes, that rock just showed up. There was no rock there. It's a pebble, it's a rock. Did someone throw it? No, of course not. I have not. I have had diamonds. I have had gold. I have had jewels and rubies, and I have had silver show up in my meetings internationally. I've just never had a rock show up. <laughs> Guys, like that's so blatantly obvious, right beside where the feather was. Huh. Okay. Rock, paper, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's put the rock, we'll put the rock by the feather, okay? And being real prophetic, the Lord says, put it in the center, and that I will. It's the rock of his word with the move of his spirit. The word and the wind, the wind and the word. Oh. Wind, word. Look at, oh, no, no, but look at, look what side. I didn't mean to. Look what side I put the feather on and what side I put the rock on. Like, no, come on. You're thinking this is all orchestrated and planned. I, let me just tell you, I'm getting messed up. This is not orchestrated and planned. The feather is on the wind side, and the rock is on the word side. Are you open to expect supernatural things? But you know what? Our unbelief will shut it down and close it. Power and authority, many people think of the same thing. Many people feel that authority is when... Someone prays for someone and they get healed. Wow, look at the authority. I want to say, wow, look at the power. The Bible clearly distinguishes two realities of Jesus. Two realities of Jesus that the Word of God clearly distinguishes, and the people marveled at the diversities of Jesus Christ. The power he displayed and the authority he carried. Many people want the power. They seek the power. Give me the power in the name of Jesus. Praise God in the name you have the power. But has his name changed you to give you authority? But few people seek the authority. Power is mentioned 124 times in the Old Testament. 
mentioned 117 times in the New Testament. Almost the same from Old Testament to New Testament. The Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Power stayed similar. But authority is mentioned 23 times in the Old Testament, but 69 times, exactly three times more in the New Testament. Because Old Covenant, you couldn't have authority. Certain men and women chose it. And they're the patriarchs, the Moseses, the Abrahams, the Solomons. They knew something different. But the New Covenant gave us three times the ability, more than Old Covenant. Mark chapter 2, let's turn there. Mark chapter 2, verse 9, starting in verse 9. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 9, Jesus says, Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. What's easier? To exercise the authority that your sins are forgiven? Or to operate in power to take, be healed and rise up and walk? Hmm. They're both standing here. Sam, I just need you to play a bit. One's called power, and one's called authority. I pray that this experience doesn't mess someone up to where they run from this building. Lock all the doors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Verse 9 again. Which is easier, Jesus says. To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? Well, power, you didn't have to sacrifice your life for. Power is through your gift. Authority, you have to sacrifice yourself for to be relational. Verse 10. But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Because it's easier to demonstrate power than it is to sacrifice yourself for authority. And immediately the paralytic arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never saw anything like this before. Because you just saw authority and power co-laboring together. Power is a part of authority, absolutely. Power will operate in a gift. If you're a teacher, you can have power in your words, in your teaching. If you're a pastor, you a, a pastor, you will have power in pastoring the sheep. Not necessarily preaching, but shepherding the flock. If you're an evangelist, you will have power to preach the gospel and to see signs and wonders happen. If you're prophetic, you will have power in the gift of the prophetic to hear the voice of God and proclaim it boldly. Apostolic, you can operate in the power of being a senior leader, a father's heart. 
But if it's just hung out on power without authority, what happens is it begins, that power begins to start to look like a dictatorship. Because a dictator, I just came from a country called Russia. Many countries have known dictatorship. Not every nation has been as free as Canada and America have been. And even that is starting to wane and get smaller, the freedom of our nation. Because what a dictator does is they operate on power with no intimacy of the understanding of authority. And because you all operate like that or they operate like that, you walk with power authority and you literally will take the freedom out of other people's lives. You see, God has pow all power, Jesus Christ, all power and all authority. But if we don't have the two together, you will become an what we call an authoritarian, but it'll be a dictatorship in reality. Even we become dictators in our own opinion. I can share my opinion. I have freedom of speech. You know what? You don't have freedom of speech in the kingdom of heaven. If it's anti-culture to the kingdom of heaven, you don't have the freedom to speak whatever's on your mind. There actually is a thing called self-control that many times we need to zip our lip. Power is part of authority, absolutely, but power operates in your gift. Power is like a muscle. You need to exercise it. But if you exercise it without the right relationship of authority, you will become a dictatorship. You will become a controlling individual. You will look at everyone else's problem to elevate yours, your goodness, quote unquote. You will look and talk everyone else down to make yourself be the light. I know because I had to kill it in my own life. Power is demonstrated with signs, absolutely. But that doesn't always mean you have authority. I have literally been with evangelists and ministers of the gospel that live in sin behind the scenes and they had the greatest healing meetings ever the same night or the next night that they sinned in their own place. I know. I was there. I saw it. Personally, firsthand, not a rumor. And I started to realize and search the Lord many years ago and say, God, how can, how can your power, this power, be so exerted and displayed in front of people, yet they don't have an intimacy with you behind the scenes? And that's when I got the revelation the Lord was sharing to me. And I opened up the scripture and started to read and realized that Jesus Christ had both power and authority and there's diversities and that your power was attached to your gift ability. And if you're not gifted and you let power rise up, it will become an independent attitude that solely you have all understanding. I studied almost every false cult out there that's falled and fell and failed. And you know what? Because they all started to go after power without authority. The Jones, John Jones event, all of the Waco, Texas, they all became a power to themselves, but they lost the intimacy with God. Dictatorship, as I said before, is power controlled by someone and others always losing their freedom. 
if I operate in my own life just in power without authority attached to it, then you, I will become a dictator in your life, tell you what to do and what not to do, how high to jump, how high not to jump, how to think, how not to think. I'll become a dictator in your life. And you know what? It's actually super easy to do. And a lot of people are used to that kind of level of control because they haven't understood it themselves. And, it's, and many times it's easier for them to live under the attitude of control when someone doesn't make you make your own decision. They tell you what you have to do. And it grows large churches many times. It grows big things. But my heart is not to grow a large, big thing. My heart is to be as close to God as I possibly can. That every one of you are communing with God, not with me, but with God. In that, it creates communion with each other. Because I have watched it over and over again. You know why most people can't forgive a fallen minister? Because they saw them too much like God. And when that person fell, the human, it hurt them a lot. And they've refused to forgive to this day, many, because of a fallen minister that's actually been restored back ministering again. Dictatorships use power to create authority. Listen. A dictational attitude will use power to create authority. If my position to establish here as a leader, one of the leaders, senior leader of this church, and I use my power to dictate my position of authority, that's completely wrong. I have to find my authority in Him. So my authority comes from His presence, not from yours. My authority doesn't come from how many people are sitting in the seats. My authority is from Him. And that's a full-time job for me, to increase and work with my intimacy with God. How does my authority look to my children? Because they're fearful of me, because I'll beat them into submission? No, because I cried more than they did before they got their spanking. But you know what? I didn't have to spank much because my authority in my marriage didn't come from one verse in the Bible, woman, submit. No. My authority came from the verse just before that that said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And I had to find my authority of marriage in Him first. Out of that comes a flow of 30 beautiful, wonderful years. We're living to 100 years of marriage. That's my goal. I'm living for marriage for eternity. And out of that beauty comes this. And when your daughter sings oceans up there, and your sons are transitionings and doing offerings and your other daughters up there doing all sorts of things. I realize, oh God, I don't control these guys. I have a hard enough just controlling my own self in the eyes of God. But I have to go after him. Sure, I've got power, it's in a gift. Absolutely. 
believe that angels that showed up. Because those angels stood in my room in Moscow for at least four hours. I was wide awake looking at them, talking with them. They were talking, sharing. And they said, my church has looked for power and has been able to do powerful things. But I'm calling my church to quit hitting the angel of authority with their swords. And the power angel said, preach on power. And the authority angel said, live an example of authority. And it's humbling because I'm not fully sure how to do that. fake family and I can't do fake church <laughs> a lot of people it's easier to be fake because then you don't have to reveal your inner self but then everything in your life starts to look more fake and that portrays to our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren our children are looking for real That hurts. Sometimes that real is not sharing your perspectives on everything or your opinions. And sometimes it is because that's how we all learn too. But make sure that anything that we say doesn't come from the seeking of power, but instead it comes from an intimacy with God that's hungering for a relationship. Let's stand. Obviously, this will be carried on next week, maybe. A feather in a rock. That's my first rock. That's awesome. I'm excited. Russia, a year ago, January, we had 20 diamonds as I was preaching pop up. I was watching them fall. And they were falling straight down. I looked up a few times and no one was throwing them. They just kept falling in the exact same place every time. In front of the cameras. And our senior leader, senior pastor, Ilya, for some reason, he came up to me on this last trip a week and a half ago and he said we saved them all they're in a little baggy bag like a little baggy we had so much gold dust come upon people like literally as I was prophesying over these people it, their arms were just getting covered and I'm looking for the 
Because there's a lot of that out there. There is. There's always a counterfeit to truth. It's called the ways of the world. Because people that are going to cheat, whether it's the prophetic, diamonds, gold dust, oil, whatever, if they're going to cheat, then you're trying to build power with no authority because you're losing relationship with truth. How can we have greater authority? Invite truth into your bed. You know the expression, sleeping with somebody or sleeping with the enemy? I feel like the Lord is saying, invite truth into your innermost secrets. It's like a bed. just as foolish to ignore them. You know how many times I've walked into dangerous locations and my person beside me is saying, this is a dangerous part of the city. We need to get out of here. And there's a bunch of gangbangers staring at me. The Lord opens my eyes and I see their pathetic little army compared to the amazing, glorious army walking with me. It gives me a boldness just to, just to know, just to know that they're for me and not against me. And it makes those little demons so small. And if you don't see them, like my wife, she doesn't see them, but she senses them. If you don't sense the supernatural realm, well, let me tell you, they're more real than the demonic. The demonic formed from angels that chose the wrong way. So the demonic realm is not as old and wise as the angelic realm. You hear what I'm saying? It's, it's common sense. You just got to read our Bible. So I ask you here today. It's oh, interesting. I felt like I was doing a marriage for just a moment. We have come and gathered here today. For the marriage of a bride and a groom. <laughs> to make a covenant. Found by truth. Hope. Oh. 
Sorry, I just opened the Bible and it says, cut them off of your truth. I said, what is that? Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life, says the Lord. He will repay my enemies for their evil. And he's going to cut those enemies off from your truth. Psalms 54. It's not even highlighted, but the verse behind it is highlighted. And it bled through. You see? I would normally flip to this highlighted verse, which I'm not sure what it is, but it bled through my page. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eyes, my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. The Psalms 54 is titled answered prayer for deliverance from adversaries. Well, now my curiosity, what's the verse on the other side that's highlighted? Ha! Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. One of the little notes. The absence of God's presence is the same as the absence of his spirit. Create, it means to form and to sculpt. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. How do you renew a steadfast spirit in you? Stay in his presence. Well, his presence is very supernatural. And it's all around us where two or three are gathered in his name. He is Whether you see his presence or his kingdom around you, really doesn't change him, but it will change you. But without a clean heart, you're going to go after your own power for your own identity. And yeah, you'll use the power of God wrongly or because you have to be right all the time, maybe. Like me, I always feel like I have to be right. I'll tell you what. I am wrong so many times. But I know it, and I admit it, and I have a team around me 
I feel like a lot of people have their opinion of my wrongs. And so they formulated their own truth understanding of what they think is truthful that has held them in captivity and bondage because they actually got it wrong because they don't know me or who I am as a friend. I'm saying this for your sake. I'm a son of God. I was adopted just like you. Whether you're a daughter or a son, you're adopted. We're co-equals and co-laborers in the kingdom. Right now, he stands me on a platform because he actually called me worthy of it before I felt I was. And I don't really know sometimes why I'm doing what I'm doing, but he senses or knows me better than I do. I don't have the answers, but I know someone who does. <laughs> but I know one thing. You're part of this family of Winwood. If you're visiting, we just want to welcome you. I want to say to you, welcome home. I actually believe this family is growing for a reason. It's not your growth. It's not the growth of the church is not for my sake. It's actually for your sake. You're inviting people to come, and if you're not, then you're losing out why you're actually part of a family. We're called to grow because everything that God does grows. Everything the enemy does is tears down. There's people that have left this house that were never supposed to leave. They left with an offense that they couldn't handle and deal with in their own life, and they left. It saddens my heart, breaks my heart because the doors are open for them to come back. And if they're watching this right now, I'm speaking to you. You're not coming back for me. You're coming back because God's called you to be here, a part of the family that God's calling to build in Western Canada. Family always costs you something. If you're going to have good relationship with your family, one of the greatest things it'll cost you is the ability for you to always speak your mind or your own opinion of, because I will guarantee you, if we just all speak our mind, it, it will create division, unless you have the renewed mind of Christ, which all he sees is your good future. That you can speak to family on how good they are and how great they are and their destiny of what they're called into. So I ask you, Lord, this morning, I got to close. I just feel like I don't want to close, but. Rock, paper, feathers, and set of scissors. I don't even know how to play the game, but. clean heart, O oh God. Create in us clean hearts, O oh Father God. Renew a right spirit in us. I ask you today, Father, whatever you are doing, keep doing it. 
<laughs> There's a heavenly host surrounding us. Their swords are drawn. wings of the feathers are ready to catch us on their pinions, which is the mending part of where the wings meet the body. Oh, Father, I do not know what to do right now. I do not know where we're going right now, but I'll tell you what, if the ship is taking us away, from our calling, I'm jumping off right now. If that ship is our own understanding or our own mindsets, what needs to happen, then I wanna jump off it right now and take the, take the risk of being swallowed up by your presence. <laughs> to where I'm willing to lose every person in this place except my soul and accept my authority and intimacy with you, Father. I won't lose that. I'll walk this road alone, or I'll walk it with a team, or I'll walk it with a family. But Father, none of us have fully walked this road, so not one of us fully knows what we're doing. But I do know one thing, you do. And I'm looking for the highway of holiness, Father, not just the road the highway of holiness in our lives, in our intimacy with you, holiness, in our marriages, our friendships, our sons, our daughters, grandchildren. I see the spirit like a cloud, like a nubia, a cloud over us right now. being quiet makes some people nervous. Sometimes a preacher speaking way too many words is not good either. I see this angel called Gabriel. It's interesting, in the spirit I see this man called Zacharias. And he said, is saying, don't let your unbelief 
mute you. Silence your voice. Don't let your lack of faith of birthing revival silence your voice. Don't let your own understanding think you're too old, that you don't have enough faith to believe you're actually the miracle. in every one of us. I mean, Zachariah and Sarah tried how long their whole lives to have children. They were barren. And when Gabriel visited Zacharias and said, I've come because of your prayers, Zacharias is like, uh, I'm like 90 years old, dude, and I've been praying for 80 of those years or 75 of those years. And, and Sarah's like 92 and 90 as well. And if you've seen what she looks like and I look like, it ain't performing anymore. I don't think we're going to have a child. Because of that unbelief, Gabriel silenced Zacharias for nine months. Because man's voice cannot silence the people finding God in the desert and then walking to baptize the Christ. You know, that feather showed up right where three or four young girls were hugging each other and dancing and singing. Because <laughs> the young people going to do so much more than us. They're going to be a part of the dreams that I've had for my whole life. I believe they're going to fulfill dreams. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy visions, and your old ones are going to dream, and that they can't fulfill the fullness without us empowering them with the authority of intimacy that we as adults have to carry with our God. The Lord has told me very clearly I can't close the service, so I'm going to just say have an amazing time, an amazing week. You hang out as long as you need. You need to run and go, go. Just don't go without taking something. It's a gift freely given right now. It just cost a man's life, the only son of God at that point in time. Wake up and smell the roses. Because to wake up is to lose whatever's putting you to sleep. We should have a list so long of people serving in this family 
that we have to say to some people, sorry, we're just too full of servers right now. But selfishness creates lack of willingness to help. I want to tell you something as a father in this house to a family. You'll never know how to lead without first serving someone else's vision that's from God. And then it becomes your passion and vision. And out of that, you can be empowered in this house. In my family, if the kids did nothing except ate the meal, and I saw my wife burning out all the time, I will take my children aside and I'll say, are you part of this family? And if they said yes, then I said, so is mom the only one that serves? They said no. And they serve. Then, now, they're serving. Serve. Because if you don't serve this family, I bet you're not a good server in your own marriage and family. It goes, correlates. Sign up and serve. We need pro presenter people. I don't know how to run pro presenter. Guaranteed my daughter can teach you very quickly. It's literally hitting buttons. for the increase that if we don't prepare as a family for the bigger family coming then we won't be able to serve with the bigger family because it's on its way it's on its way serve I can't end it Feel like the Lord is saying there is no end in him there is no end in his presence and today take his presence with you let it be so let it be so